Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Welcome to 2023. It's a new year and a new world. A place where all your dreams can come true. And nightmares. I know you probably listen to this podcast and think that I'm some sort of horror fiction podcaster slash aficionado slash super spy, but that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm just like you. I put on my shoes one toe at a time. I scream at the shadows behind my eyelids and I whisper secrets to alley cats and street lamps. What I'm saying is I'm just an average guy slash super spy slash horror fiction podcaster. And being that I'm an average guy, that means that there are some concepts, themes, genres that I really don't know all that much about. I've never seen a single Sharknado movie. I couldn't tell you the difference between Shubnigarath, Shavalyov, or... Oh, I don't know how to pronounce this. See if I get this right, Lovecraft fans. Siaxakluf. Excuse me. And I really don't know all that much about fairies. So when this theme was decided, I had no idea what I was in for. I thought fairies were supposed to be nice, like Tinkerbell or Godmothers, or that little guy on lemon-scented fairy washing up liquid bottles who burps suds. I had no idea what I put myself in for when I settled into my comfy reading nook and started reading the submissions that the writers started sending in. I read about fairies that were duplicitous, Malicious, tricky, and 
I believe, quite nutritious. <laughs> These fairies were dangerous, slightly unknowable. So, if you're like me, and you're not entirely sure what the difference is between a sprite, a pixie, and a courgette, then school is in session, as we have a bunch of amazing stories for you. From a creative team consisting of Georgia Cook, James Barnett, aka Jimmy Harris himself, Eve Martin, Slade Stone, and Carolyn O'Brien. And on narration duties, Georgia Cook, James Barnett, Eric Ventura, and Alexandra Elroy. And on editing duties, Carl Hughes, Duncan Muggleton, and James Barnett, aka Jimmy Horrors. He's everywhere these days. Uh, over in Patreon news, we have two new super-powered patrons who, whose support will allow the show to thrive in this fight against people who don't listen to podcasts. So prepare to taste the rainbow, smell the dream, and welcome to the super-powered Patreon team, Carolyn Hanrahan, who has the power to replicate anything she throws her replication darts at, whether that's money, human beings, animals, or dartboards. Ron Saville, the brazen burrower, can rapidly dig down through rock and dirt with nothing but his bare hands and his shovel. And Samantha Romero, the Thunder Ranger, who can create thunderstorms with naught but the power of her stamping feet. Thank you very much for becoming patrons. Uh, you will get access to monthly exclusive episodes, regular episodes a week early, along with access to the HNC library of ebooks and comics. And this month's story, this month's exclusive story is A Mercy, written by Ian Swinehart and narrated by, you guessed it, James Barnett, aka Jimmy Horrors. And here's the blurb for the story. In the Green Hills nursing home, the residents are just waiting out their final days, some longer than others. It's a really great story, it's quite fun and cheeky in a way I very much enjoy. So if you want to listen to that, you have to become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver or sign up on apple podcasts premium so with all that said um every now and again we like to pop spotlights on some of our more frequent collaborators we like to burn their eyeballs make them talk reveal secrets and get them to roll on their criminal brethren or just tell us a little bit about their creative practice Today is a little bit different because today we're talking to one of the core team at The Other Stories who first joined us all the way back in 2016. Carl Hughes was for a long time the only editor at The Other Stories and pretty much created the sound of the show as you hear it today. So I'm more than happy to welcome to the show, his show, our show, Carl Hughes. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, great, great to be here. Um on the other side of of things i suppose um people probably won't recognize my voice i don't think so unless you've got a really good ear and you maybe heard me do the odd sound effect or the odd thing when we, when we need a little distorted voice sometimes i'll just do something but it's 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 quite rare um so yeah i think i think this is the first time perhaps they've heard my voice time has flown you're a core part of the hawk and cleaver studio could you talk us through some of the jobs you do as head of audio? Yeah, so I suppose in the early days, head of audio just meant everything audio. Uh, <laughs> um, so there's, there's there's a little bit of a famous story um, from the early days when, when I first got involved, um, when we were still figuring things out. 
and I, I didn't know how, how to do a podcast. Nobody did, but we were, we were trying our best. And I think I said something like, oh, I'll, I'll do the odd one or I'll help out now and again. And I'm pretty sure after a few weeks, it pretty much became the case of you saying, just send everything to Carl. I don't know who, how that happened. I think you were going to do one episode every month or something. And then I don't know how it just ended up where all the files just ended up heading directly to you. That's right, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we, we had no processes. It was like a scramble every weekend, get some audio, do something, try and meet the Monday deadline. And yeah, we didn't have a system. We didn't even have... I think you... It, I think it was you who made the spreadsheet before. I think it was all just... I don't, I don't understand how it worked because it was just in our heads. We were like, yeah, I guess we need to do this next. And then... I have no idea how we were able to do it um, without getting burnt out, but we, we somehow did. And I think every six months it got a, it got a little bit better. And uh, we, we, we put in a lot of effort. And I know more recently, Luke, you've just gone on a crazy optimization uh, binge and, and optimized everything. And, and, and now... It's so much better than what it was, you know. The, the workflow we have and the, the the people we have is is just so so uh, much better than what it was. Um, and I suppose that sort of ties around into what I do now. So before I was doing all the audio editing, and back in the early days, some of that was listening to some really rough narration and thinking, "Can we get away with this? This is really bad." Um, and we 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 somehow made it work. Um, but nowadays, luckily, I have help. We have help. We have lots more editors. And we have lots more narrators with many years of experience, um, which makes a massive difference. Um, so, yeah, my, my job now is um, edit where possible, um, oversee audio as possible, make sure theme tunes, audio styles, audio effects are all kind of consistent. And I suppose the most recent thing I did was the, the toy factory, which um, was a little bit different to a regular episode, a lot more involved, um, something I absolutely love doing. Um, hopefully any listener listening now has, has heard that. If you haven't heard that, I beg you, please listen to the toy factory while you still can. It is, it is amazing. Yeah, I'm really proud of that work. Uh, I think... There's a couple of points where, you know, in game design, I think some people call it the nexus point, where like the the gameplay and the narrative and the audio and, and everything kind of comes together to tell the the story or to further the game. I think there was, there was a nexus point in in what we were doing, where we in the storytelling and the narration and the music, where it all I think it was episode four at the end, where it just really lands home. It's like it's a really kind of shocking ending in a way. Um, but yeah, question two. What led you to the seedy world of fiction podcast editing? Yeah, okay, so I suppose that, yeah, back in the early days, and if we uh, sort of go back then, I suppose it was more a case of just that, I would say being in the right place at the right time, but it wasn't. It's more of a case of knowing the right people who were doing good stuff, who needed help um, at the right time, if that makes sense. So what, what one of my friends Daniel Wilcox one of the co-creators of the other stories alongside yourself he he just happened to tell me one day oh by the way we do a podcast I was like all right yeah great you know so I had to listen 
to it. I was like, this is cool, but it's, it could be better. It could definitely be better. Uh, and that's, that's how my mind works, especially with audio. It's a case of, ah, oh, you know, that, that audio level is not right. Or that's, it's, it's very annoying. I, I can hear it all the time. I can hear it even when I'm listening to music. If something's not quite right, it's all I hear. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, <laughs> I'm much better, but I can, I can definitely try and make things a little bit better if I, if I hear something ob- obvious uh, that, that could be easily, easily fixed. And, and I, I and I heard it. I thought, you know, did, what what I, I didn't I didn't know you at the time, Luke. I thought, oh, what whoever's doing this, which was Luke, you know, he's put some music in there. I see what he's trying to do. This is quite cool. I've not heard this on other podcasts, and that kind of got me excited. I thought, wow, you know, actually, if he threw in a few sound effects or if he did a little bit of this, a little bit of that, uh, and I think Dan saw that and thought, oh yeah, this is this is this sounds cool. Maybe we should we should get Carl in on this so I think we just had a very very quick call or meeting or something and it was pretty much decided like oh yeah and just you just gave me the reins for, for a live episode maybe that week <laughs> um, because you know the audience was small there wasn't much yeah. pressure at that time and and I didn't I had no idea what I was doing so I was coming at it from a music production point of view rather than I suppose like a rec- recording audio editing i don't know yeah. i don't i don't know what the credentials would be to to edit a podcast these days yeah i think i think it is a job I it must be there, it there must are be. like uh maybe known techniques and stuff because like you know this american life has been doing it for however many years uh but you had to kind of reinvent the wheel and kind of like you built a, a, like a documentation and system and and your own techniques to kind of fill in the gaps of where there was no education before, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, you know, having an understanding of, of you know, EQing and, and compressing the levels and, and you know, making room in the overall mix if there's a bit, you know, of quite, quite a lot of our music is quite sort of dark, ambient, quite low in frequency range. So obviously if that's clashing with the narrator's voice, you want to make room, think things like that came quite naturally. So that was things that I got stuck into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, straight away and especially in the early days when week to week we had some you know all types of microphones coming from all types of people with all types of experience because you got to remember we were doing this for free we weren't getting paid we were just doing this for fun because because we like doing it and that's and that's how it was for years yeah um, and then eventually i think the decision was made to sort of bring me into the inner circle bring me in a little bit closer yeah Hold, hold on to me. Um, well, well, there was that. But I think you were doing so much work. That it was kind of like, and we had no way to pay. It was like, let's give him part of the ownership. So if, if it does grow, then then you can get something out of it. Um, and I think it's been really good. I think um, I can't, I don't think the show would be where it is today without your input over the years. Um, question three. Any advice for aspiring audio editors? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, because I went to college to, to do music production back in the day, um, it, today's a bit different because you can pretty much learn everything you need on YouTube. But back then, this is before YouTube, remember, I wanted to learn how to make music. I wanted to DJ. I wanted to do all these things. And you couldn't just go online and type in how to make 
drum and bass music or how to DJ or how to, you know, you had to learn from other people and from doing a college course or doing whatever. So I, I knew the basics. I knew what I wanted to do. Um, and I was always more interested in the technical side. Other people might be more interested in like the band side or the live performance side. And, and even, even a live performance, a band would have an engineer doing sound levels and EQ and miking things up. So there's always a lot that goes into it and different people will have different specialities. So I would, my advice to anyone would be, what, what are you interested in? What is your speciality? Do you, do you want to play music? Do you want to edit music? Do you want to ma- you know, make, create sort of uh, electronic music or, or, or are you coming at it from more of a traditional side, less technical side? Uh, more of a story side, more of a creative side first. And we have had people. So one of our current editors, uh, Jimmy Horrors, he knew nothing about audio editing, but because he wanted to get those stories out, those those episodes out, I think he just got the software, lo- looked online, went on YouTube and, and just spent time. And now it probably wasn't perfect in the beginning, but he... But we live in a world now where you can learn that stuff, you can get what you need, and you can ask for help. And there's always, you know, there's always going to be more to learn. But with podcasts, it's the, the, there's there's a few basics, and once you've got those down, you're pretty much good to go. So my, my advice would be learn how to record audio. Obviously, if you don't know how to plug in a mic and and record, then I would start there. Learn the difference between a USB microphone and a and an XLR microphone and and how it all works technically. And then maybe learn about sound levels and compression and how you can kind of smooth things out because I hear a lot of podcasts, I'm I'm talking professional podcasts, where somebody laughs or coughs and and the volume is so loud and it it hurts my ears in my car and then and then somebody across the room will be talking and they're so quiet and you can barely hear them. They've, they've not done any compression. They've just hit record, maybe stuck an intro on and then put it out. And it seems like a lot of people don't care. It seems a lot of people, that's just how it is. And you can get away with that. So as long as you know the basics, you're good to go. But if you can get a little bit further than that, which I can promise you doesn't take that much effort, your, your stuff will sound good and it will give you the edge, I think the edge that's what we all want yeah i think uh, it's interesting when you hear a podcast where it's like an interview podcast and the main content is one volume level and then it gets to the credits and the credits are suddenly extremely quiet or extremely loud like it's completely uh, completely different um so being started episode i think you started editing two episodes around volume seven and it was like a lion it's one about a lion like a lion that attacks a man i think um and for a long time you were the sole editor which is insane that's a lot of stories do you remember any particular stories that you that you really loved? Any standout episodes? I should have I should have preempted this and, and uh, done the research. Um, some of the some of the earlier episodes I can't quite remember their names, but I I remember editing them. So in the early days, I would read the script maybe several times. I would then listen to the narration. I would then start to edit and I would do it all. But then as time's gone on and I've got more confidence, sometimes I will listen to it first time as I'm editing. Um, so I'm kind of 
getting the story as I'm going through it. Now, it, now when I'm editing, it won't take 15 minutes or 20 minutes. It will take, you know, it could take two hours. It could take longer, but I'm, I'm still getting that story. So certain bits, certain stories have stuck with me, especially when you have to listen to the same sentence over and over again. And so in the really early days, and this was back before submissions, so it was mainly just the four writers, the four, the four friends, the four original team. So it was it was you four, one story a week, each each month a different theme. That was the that was the concept. So one, let me think now. So one of the episodes, I think it was written by Daniel Wilcox, which featured a the protagonist in a club and. He kept going back in time, or he could go back in time. And I think he just got pissed off or something and wanted to kill his girlfriend or something. And it was it was it was a little bit silly but quite brutal. But the whole concept, you know, it was it was quite cool and had like a groundhog's day feel to it. But more more relatable to someone who was younger, had girlfriend troubles, had, you know, wasn't very mature. Whereas I feel Ground, Groundhog's Day is sort of like very, you know, middle-aged American, a little bit less relatable to the to the average young British male, I suppose. Whereas this story, I felt like, yeah, yeah, this this relates to me. I, I get this. This is it's silly, but I it, it's cool. Struggling to remember the name of it, but I know his exact story. He's in a nightclub and he has like a time travel device, uh, and he keeps going back and like reversing and uh, things. Yeah. Um, if, if I remember if I remember the name of the episode I'll, I'll we could paste it in here and make us look really smart um, so for the writers out there what kind of things should they be thinking of when writing for audio do you think there's anything they should they should be avoiding anything they could add to improve the, uh, the an audio story yeah maybe um, so it, it, dep- it depends on what your goal is with the story so if you're writing a book or writing a story because you want to write a story, then I would say, yeah, you know, go, go about the way you're doing it. But if you're writing something specifically knowing you want to turn it into audio, and we have a lot of writers now who specifically write knowing it's going to be on the other stories or a podcast or turned into something. So that does affect their actual writing rather than telling things in more of a traditional way uh, you'll have to excuse me because I'm, I'm not a writer I don't know the uh, proper words for this but I always see like you know different styles of writing but now now with audio there's um, almost a, a new, new, newer styles are, are being created where they're a bit more casual they're a bit more rather than describing a sound like you know the bomb went off and it was it was very loud, you know, you know, and, and describing it for the mind, they don't need to do that because they know they can put a sound effect in there. So what they might do is, rather than write that, they'll just put a little bit of text saying, oh yeah, by the way, editor, I want like a really cool sound here. And, you know, when they say a, a picture tells a thousand words or whatever the quote is, you know, that sound effect almost replaces several sentences yeah so uh so, so some people do that and also they will specifically leave notes so if they could imagine 
something being narrated or edited in a certain way, they'll build that into the script because rather than the writer just doing their story, finishing and saying, yeah, my job's done, they're actually part of the whole process from beginning to end. So they'll write their bit, but they'll also have influence, a lot of influence over what the narrator does and then what the editor does. Um, and so we're, we're all sort of proud of the work and it's, a, it's almost like a collaboration rather than different people sort of doing their own thing at different steps. So, so my advice would be, if you know it's going to be for a podcast such as ours, then, you know, get get involved and, and talk talk to the people you're submitting to and, and see what you can do to, you know, get get involved late, later down the line rather than just thinking about the initial story. Yeah, it's almost like the... The story itself, at one point in time, would have been the finished article. But now when you're adding in an audio editor and a narrator and a, like a production team, it's almost like the, the story is just like the blueprint. It's like the starting point and there's so much more work that can be added to or, um, you know, changed for audio later on down the line. It's more like a script at that point or um, like a screenplay or a comic book script where you're asking the artist, what would you put here? Like, would you add a sound effect here or, or not uh yes it's different it's a it's an interesting new way of telling stories yeah that's right i mean a, a, a good example is we've just had a bit of a secret conversation recently regarding an author and and one of the first things we we realized was actually we needed a bit of a cheat sheet on how to pronounce some of the names and when we told him that it was like oh of course because maybe traditionally the narrator would have just or when you're reading a book you just invent your own pronunciation of the names as you go which is one of the great things about books um, but actually because the author is, is is aware they they can actually inform the narrator through a cheat sheet or something like that so that their vision is sort of a bit more accurate in the in the finished product yeah okay so um not many questions to go one of the most important 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 questions though uh, question six. What is your favourite noise? I know exactly what my favourite noise is. In fact, I have a list of favourite noises. But my favourite noise... <laughs> but my favourite noise... Hopefully, you'll have all seen the film The Matrix. So... Uh, yeah, are you talking about the, the, like uh, getting sucked into The Matrix? At, well, yeah. Out of The so Matrix. It's, it's quite early on in the film when Neo is speaking to Morpheus and he gets explained what The Matrix is. And he sits in the chair and they have to do some special techie, hacky, hacker sci-fi stuff to locate him. And then he touches the mirror and then the, the sort of virtual world starts to reveal itself. And then the silver from the mirror starts to infect his body. And then it all starts to become a bit digital. And then they, they press the button to get him. And then it shoots down his throat and it does that classic telephone, old school 90s dial-up distortion horrible noise and then it it cuts to black and then you see you see him wake up yeah that is a good noise yeah that noise when i heard that noise it's it it immediately made me think this is the best film i've ever seen and i've only seen the first 20 minutes of it it's the best film you've ever heard that's right and and nowadays when i hear that noise it just reminds me of old telephones and modems yeah and 90s tech and and it does also re remind me of one of my favourite films, The Matrix, as well. Um, so yeah, that that is that is 
that that sound if you if you don't know it look it up on youtube you, you'll find it it's there i used to sing along to my uh, dial-up as it was dialing up the connection because it was always quite random so you try and get it like right with the with the dial-up sound whatever you call that yeah it, it sounded random but sometimes you knew there was patterns to it so when it did a weird sound you knew oh it's gonna it's gonna do this other weird sound next <laughs> yeah <laughs> question seven what is your least favorite noise i don't know my exact least favorite noise but i do know some certain things that would annoy me a lot to do with sound so back in the early days of djing when people had big record vinyls before cds and then before you know digital as well has sort of taken over that now but back then you'd have this big vinyl on a record player with a big arm and a needle reading this disc that's going around so I, I, anyone our age like why are you describing this the, the younger generation might not have uh, yeah might not have uh, witnessed this but they've probably seen it in films or, or, or on youtube but what they don't tell you is these things are extremely pernickety and delicate and if you if you coughed near them, they could they could skip. Or if, especially if you're having a you're, you're having a party at your friend's house, you're all having a few drinks, things are getting a bit crazy. People are bumping into each other. These these vinyls would jump around, and you could hear it. You could hear the the needle sort of skip to the next groove or whatever, and it would make this slight scratchy sound. And if you were the DJ, it was the worst sound ever. Because you knew it fucked up, but you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't fix it. And what was worse is if you were mixing. So the point of going from one song to another on the mixer, yeah, you've got you've got the songs in sync. You've you've spent ages beat matching it, getting it all right. You're in the mix, and then somebody coughs or touches it or something, and one slightly goes out. That's it, game over. You you can't you can't fix it. You might as well just yeah, you know. And that, that dance floor empties, people are booing you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how these, you know, these traditional DJs in these mega clubs back in the '90s could have such powerful sound systems and thousands of people, and for there not to be a mistake. And I, and I imagine there was a lot of mistakes. I imagine a lot of things did go wrong back in the, uh, yeah, the yeah. early days. Yeah. I think, just thinking about it now, I think my least favourite noise is, do you ever use a skateboard? Are you ever a skateboarder? A little bit, not not very good. <laughs> I mean, skateboards are way more durable now, uh, but back in the day, you were skating down a road, and you'd hear like a, and if you like, you caught a pebble or something under the, under the trucks, and the skate, the wheels would lock up completely, and you'd just go flying. <laughs> it's in my nightmares, that noise. Okay, uh, only a couple more questions left. Um, what's life look like for Carl when he's not editing audio? Well, when I'm not editing audio, I do make music as well, although I've been really rubbish at that recently and not made that much, uh, mainly because I've been doing audiobooks and podcasts and the odd, uh, the odd theme tune for the odd podcast and, and show here and there, which I find quite fun and um, simply because they're quite short as well uh, so I can finish them a lot quicker um, probably a lot of games I think you'll agree Luke we, we um, end up speaking a lot about video games and stuff when we should be doing more serious things um, so yeah I, I play a lot of 
indie games, little smaller games. The smaller the game, the better. I ain't got time for 50 hour games, but for games four or five hours, bring it on. That's that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Have you played Vampire Survivors yet? I mean, you have. Have you played any more of it, I mean? I've, I literally was playing some Vampire Survivors before I jumped on this call. I didn't know. I don't know how far you into it you are, but there's a kind of Doki Doki Literature Club element to it as well. Oh, I didn't know. I, did, I don't know about this. Where it's almost like the game isn't just the game, there's something else. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, no, I don't know. This. I don't know. Yeah. Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cool. And then last thing, um, where can we follow Carl, uh, either in person or on the internet? Oh, well, I don't know how you'd follow me in person unless you're some sort of stalker person following me around. Yeah. Um, for the stalkers any list- and who are listening, how are they going to? So for th- Yeah, so for the stalkers out there, uh, you will find me in the East Midlands of England. You might have to knock on a lot of doors to eventually find mine but I, I am there somewhere um, and for the more digital minded people out there you can find me at Carl Hughes on Twitter that's Carl with a K Hughes spelled H-U-G-H-E-S um, if you're listening to this in the future Twitter may have exploded and died so <laughs> that may or may not still be a thing who knows I imagine it will be Um and then I suppose if you want to contact me or learn more about me, I would just say visit theotherstories.net and there will be links there and more information about about us. Um, and I'm very active in the Discord. So we have a uh, Hawk and Cleaver Discord slash the other stories Discord. It's kind of like a combined thing. Um, so if if you manage to make your way there, I'm, I'm always there lurking, reading, um, help, helping people um, on their sort of audio journeys as well. Cool. All right, man. Um, yeah. Any parting words for the for the listeners? Uh, well, well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for giving me an audience every week for my editing work. It's, I mean, I've always been bad with deadlines and getting things released, but having something that had to go out every week it, it, it just made me get it done um, even if there was one person listening I had to get it done so it kind of gave me the you know kick up the arse really I suppose I needed to to get stuff done so that, that's, that's been great and obviously as the audience has got bigger more people have, have, in, you know, have enjoyed the work so thank you very much for listening for all these years if you've been listening uh, for a long time or if you've been listening more recently um, th- thank you for giving it giving it a try and listening to my boring voice in this in this opener <laughs> <laughs> did you want to say the the thing at the end ooh what is it is it is it this is it the Luke the Luke Condor yeah I don't know if I can I don't know if I'm ready I don't know if I've built up to that yet I feel like uh, if anyone should do it it's you Okay, I'm just. It's funny because it's the thing I've probably heard the most in my entire life. Until next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.